0: Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. John chapter number four is where we want to start our conversation today. I'm reading from New Living Translation of the Bible, John 4 from verse number 19 say today this word is going to bless me it's going to bless me not only that this word is going to transform me say that to yourself this word is going to transform me the objective is not just for you to be blessed but for you to be changed for all of us to be changed amen i'm going to read john chapter 4 i'm going to read from verse 19 i'll read all the way to 24 nlt the bible says sir capital s sir the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship. So a woman is asking Jesus a question. Why is it that the Jews say that the only place of worship is Jerusalem, whereas the Samaritans do it somewhere else? And Jesus replied to her and says, believe me believe me trust me dear woman the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in jerusalem it will not matter very soon you samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we jews know all about him for salvation comes through the jews but the time is coming the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 23. I'll read it again. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. What's that way? In spirit and in truth. For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. The first question I have for us today, right off the bat, before I go into the depth of the conversation, is how is your worship life? How is your worship life? Think about that for a second. How is your worship life? If you were to rate your worship life on a scale of 0 to 10, what would the score be? Would it be a 1? Would it be a 2? Would it be a 9? Would it be a 10? Would it be a 0? What does your worship life look like? How? How is your worship life? Amazing conversation. i go right into the text today, okay? I'll circle back later all right just stay with me amazing conversation that jesus is having here with a woman this is a samaritan woman by the way this is one of those places in the bible where you scratch your head a little bit because jesus is breaking up quite a few norms here Um, he's not just talking to a woman um, alone he's talking to a samaritan woman Um, he's doing it at the particular well and he starts the conversation asking for a drink of water very strange conversation um but very theologically loaded text. When we get to a point in this in the place where Jesus and this woman are talking and they start talking about worship because the woman asks a question about worship. Um, and says, Why is it that you Jews say that we have to go to Jerusalem to worship when our fathers say we can worship here? And Jesus starts to say, Well, the most important thing first and foremost is that you, you people, <laughs> you people, um, you worship what you do not know. You worship what you do not know. Starts off right there. You worship what you... you, He says to... Actually, the actual words that Jesus says to her in the book of John chapter 4, in verse number 22, he says that you Samaritans, you people, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. That is a loaded statement. Because you would think that if you were going to worship something or someone the first thing would be that you know quite a bit about what you worship because worship is so significant worship is 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 something it's not something to be taken lightly so he says look you worship but you know so little just a little bit about the one <laughs> who you worship while well, we jews know all about him then he says you know what Even scrap all that as a matter of fact there is a new paradigm that's not come on board where god okay is seeking true worshippers who would worship him in spirit and in truth and i want to stay spirit and truth for just a minute in spirit and in truth so let me talk about in spirit first because anytime you see the word in spirit there's usually a contrast to the letter so the bible says things like the letter kills but the spirit the spirit gives life all right there is a and and, and the, the application is the same so we can overlay that application on here whereby the bible talks about when you read the letter of the word all right the letter the, the text of it the literal meaning of it the the, the written form of the word that that in itself doesn't give life it is the spirit of the word that gives life and even in law in you know, law modern day you know legal practice right there is something called the the spirit of the law and the letter of the law whereas the letter of the law is the literal translation of the law thou shall not if you do this you get this much amount you know but the spirit of the law is the essence of the law it's the reason the 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 real you know the real weight of the law the understanding behind the letter of the law so it's not enough to understand the surface what is written just like the bible if you remember that's why you have people who are you know doctors of theology who teach in seminaries but are not even saved or don't even believe in the power of the holy spirit because they are experts in the letter all right but the spirit about this is what gives life all right and so jesus is saying that the father god he's looking for people who would worship in spirit in other words who would go beyond the surface who would go beyond the words beyond the words so when you sing a worship song for example god is saying look i'm not looking for the letter it's the spirit, the essence of it that God is looking for. He's looking for people who would worship him in that way, in, in essence. And you can never know the essence of a thing until you have a revelation, especially when it comes to worship. All right. So revelation is what makes you understand the essence. And so you can worship God in spirit. That's the one dimension. The second dimension is in truth. So in spirit and in truth. And in truth just means in sincerity, in sincerity and as simple as that sounds and i know we say that all the time well i'm I'm sincere with my worship of god well let's let's think about that again let's think about that again for one reason because you can only be as sincere all right as you are informed that's it so you can be sincere to the extent to which you know And that's where your sincerity ends. If there is any ignorance in you at all, you cannot say that you're totally sincere because you don't know all that there is to know about the particular issue. I'll just give you a random example. So, when people go to the altar to get married, husband and wife, they say these nice words. I don't remember all the words, but they say quite a few words. Um, One of the ones that's most popular is, you know, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, Alright, for richer, for poorer, and all that stuff, until death do us part. Now, when you go to the altar and you say those words, you are sincere because you believe you really love this person, you believe that you're going to stick with them for better for worse and all that stuff, but you're only sincere to the level of understanding of what better or worse means. And that's why a lot of people, when real worse (laughs) shows up in that relationship, they bail. Because while they were sincere when they took the vow, they did not comprehend fully the import of what they were doing they did not so for better for worse until death do us part there is a sincerity that is tied to the revelation that you have about a particular subject and that's why the bible says you must worship in spirit and in truth so you cannot worship in, in truth if you don't understand the essence if you don't understand the revelation uh, let me just give you another example so that it makes sense because I, I i have here that we might not fully understand what i'm trying to say let's assume you travel to a country a different country to the united states for example and you come from another country. When you get to the United States, you see a beggar on the street, and you say, "Well, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars because where you're coming from, a thousand of whatever currency it is they spend there can only buy a loaf of bread." Okay? No, no names mentioned. There's some countries like that. A thousand of that currency can only buy a loaf of bread. So because you've come to the United States and you see a beggar, you say, "Oh, I feel so bad. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some change. A thousand dollars." As soon as the revelation of what a $1,000 means and the value of a $1,000, as soon as that revelation hits you, very quickly, your sincerity comes into question. All right? You are only as sincere to the level of which you're informed. So when you go before God and say, God, I give you my life, I give you my heart, I live for you alone, and all those nice words we say to God, the level of sincerity that we have, and while we think we're being sincere already, Uh, it's a function of revelation and so sincerity is not sometimes we're not as sincere as we think that we are or as we ought to be so jesus says that you worship the father in spirit and in truth and in truth so understand that the revelation of jesus is critical to worship because Jesus tells us women you worship what you do not know and you know God by revelation of course you don't know God through your head knowledge you know him by revelation and so if you're not if you don't have a revelation of Jesus if you don't have a revelation of him you know you can never worship him in spirit and in truth because it's a revelation that allows you to worship him in spirit which is in essence and it's the spirit part that helps you to worship him in truth because you have grasp so you can be sincere about the words that you say so you need to have revelation because as a matter of fact this is one thing I've I've, I've come to learn from from the Bible and just my short walk with God is that once you have a revelation of Jesus and I'm not saying you see him physically all right you can you can have a, a very good revelation of Jesus from the Bible as a matter of fact the book of Revelation it's an amazing book to read and i know it's one of the least favorite books that we have in the bible after, after leviticus the book we run away from the most is the book of revelation because it is a very weird book but if you're looking for jesus in revelation that's a fantastic book to read whenever jesus is revealed the natural response of anything that jesus is revealed to is worship i say that again whenever jesus is revealed the natural response it's, it's like stimulus, the, the the response that you have as a human being when exposed to the essence of God by revelation is worship. That's why the entire host of heaven is in constant worship of God. It's not because they have no choice, even though technically, technically they do have a choice, by the way, because spirits have a will, I can't go into all that technicality. Spirits do have a will, by the way. all right. But they are compelled by the revelation of Jesus that they find. If you ever saw Jesus, if you ever saw a revelation of him and catch a revelation of him, your natural response will be to worship. So let me give you an example. When a tree, when when there's breeze blowing and the leaves of a tree start to shake, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the trees worship and the stones worship and the forest worship and all that. You find that in Psalm, this is Psalm 148, I believe. You also find it in First Chronicles, all right? Now, the leaves of that tree are worshiping God. Why? Because they are responding to the breeze, which is an element of God. So nature, right? But it's natural. It's a natural response that when breeze is blowing, the leaves would respond. And that is an element of worship. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay, don't lose me. However, you can come to the stem of that tree or to hold a branch of that, that same tree and you shake it. You shake it. You give it a good shake and the, all the leaves start to shake. Now, that's not worship because it's not a response to God. It's, it's forced. And the, 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 I couldn't get this picture out of my mind all week because the feeling I get is that God is saying to us that the worship that we offer when we come before him you know, in all our elaborate worship um, with the best of instruments and the best of voices and even with haze and smoke these days and lights and all that other stuff, it's almost like we're shaking the tree. It's like we're trying to create a feeling. We're trying to make something happen. It's not flowing naturally, all right, from a place of revelation. It's not flowing as a natural response to a revelation of God. So, what I want us to do really is to go from a place where we, we, we stop shaking the tree to a place where we naturally, naturally, our response flows from a place of revelation. That will be acceptable worship to God. The Bible says that God is looking. Jesus, pay attention. Jesus says to us that the Father, He is looking. He is searching. He's he's put his spotlight upon the earth, and he's looking to find worship in spirit and in truth. I believe Jesus. If Jesus says the Father is looking, I believe him, that God is looking. So the title of my talk, my conversation, just sharing my heart with us this morning, is God is looking. God is looking. God is looking. He's he's searching, all right, with his binoculars, not that he needs one, to just find worship in spirit and in truth there there are a group of people that the Bible says God is looking for God is looking for a righteous man the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of one righteous person all right all right God is looking for faith in the earth the Bible says when the Lord comes would he find faith like this upon the earth he's looking for intercessors I sought for a man to stand in the gap but God is also looking for worshipers people who worship in spirit and in truth and in truth because we like i said when god looks at us he excavates the worship he excavates everything that we offer to him and he's trying to get to the roots of it and he's looking to see would i find spirit and truth at the root of this worship that's what god he's doing god is looking he's searching god is searching that's what jesus tells us so let's talk about what is what worship is all right because i really want to help us um help myself and help all of us also make that transition from that tree shaking um, style of worship or way of expressing worship to a natural response where it flows from us naturally what is worship well let's first talk about what worship is not worship is not singing worship is not kneeling worship is not arms raised worship is not the closing of your eyes worship is not laying down it's not dancing it's not crying it's none of that stuff worship is not singing I say that again worship is not singing singing is not worship all right um crying hands lifted you know kneeling all those things that we do when we come together in church those are not worship and 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 don't misunderstand me those are important but those are not worship those are expressions of worship all right those are expressions of worship but not worship singing Cannot be worshiped. It is an expression of worship, but itself is not worship. So I'll give you, let me just tell you my 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 point of view on this issue. Is this in the ministry of Jesus? There's only one place I remember from Scripture where Jesus sang, and the Bible says that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn at the Lord's Supper once. Once there was nobody who sang before Jesus came to preach. There was no praise and worship before he came to preach. There was no singing. If it, if, it was, if it was something that Jesus did regularly, all right, stay with me, stay with me, it would have been recorded. But he prayed, and the Bible records several instances of where he prayed. I'm not saying that to diminish singing, I'm saying it to say to you that that in itself is not worship, but the Bible says that God said about Jesus that this is my beloved son, in him I am well pleased. So he worshiped, so his life was worship. It wasn't the song that he sang. So worship cannot be the song that we sing. Worship cannot be the instruments that we play. It cannot be the smoke or the haze, it cannot be the light, it cannot be the dance, it cannot be any of those things, because when God sees all those things, he digs through, he separates everything, he's trying to find the root of it, and if he finds at the root of it, spirit and truth, then that can be worship. But just because you take some Christian songs and you sing, because anyone can sing any song, that does not mean that it's worship. God looks at the vessel that is offering the song, and God looks at the root of where the song is coming from before it can be classified as worship. So what is worship? Number one, worship is a life surrendered. Worship is, the ultimate worship is a life surrendered, period. The most most authentic form of worship is a life laid down. A life surrendered to God is pure worship. i say that again, a life that is surrendered to God is pure worship. Don't, ever think that god has an expectation of us that is short of a life laid down don't ever think that any gospel that tells you that god does not expect you to lay down your life anything short i mean anything short of that is a lie it's not the true gospel of jesus the bible is abundantly clear that the gospel of jesus is that let anyone who would follow me Let him deny himself, let him take up his cross, and let him follow me. You cannot be following Jesus if you haven't denied self and if you haven't taken up your cross. It's not possible. You can't skip the two and get to the following part. No, no. It's a life surrendered, a life laid down. When God sees a life laid down, there is an aroma that comes to him. There is a scent that comes to him that is better than the most skilled instrument that is better than the best voices. That person 10 times over is worshiping God better than someone who sings and cries and vibrates and you know we sings the roof off. No, no, no. God is looking first at the vessel. Is this a life that is surrendered to me? And that was what Jesus had really. And so, Father, we say, This is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. I am pleased with him. I don't, I haven't heard his singing. But I'm pleased with this guy. Why? His life is surrendered. His life is surrendered. When, 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 God, when God would save the children of Israel, we'll go back into the Old Testament a little bit. When God would save the children of Israel from Egypt um, and, and take them into you know, the wilderness and the wilderness to the promised land, the, the Bible says that God tells Moses that when the people have been set free from bondage, that they would worship me on this mountain. Now, The reason why God saved them was because God wanted them to be able to worship him, of course, without any of the limitations of slavery and bondage. But when God takes you out of Egypt, (laughs) he takes you from bondage, but he also takes you so that you become a bond servant. The difference between the two is that God is not a captor, God is a master. The enemy, the devil is a captor, so he takes you against your will, puts you under bondage, bondage to sin, bondage to a bunch of other things. What God says, you would volunteer, you would voluntarily lay down your life so that I can be master over you. He expects that. It's not a nice to have, <laughs> okay? And so the reason why I have to emphasize that is because there's a, there's, a, there's a brand of Christianity that we're exposed to today, and it's a very dangerous thing to be honest. I'm just going to call it what it is. It is quite dangerous. That just tells us, well, you know, God loves us. And, you know, just, just try your best and just live your life and all that. No, 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 no. The expectation of God Is that you lay down and the reason why he can demand that of us is because he did it first he did it first God loved us with an everlasting love he gave his only begotten son his son died for us and then he says to to you my first commandment to you is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your might with all your soul with all your strength you have no choice because I have done it first I have modeled that for you that is my first commandment it's my primary expectation of you is a life surrendered so what is worship worship is a life surrendered when when the bible says that the father is seeking such to worship that's what he's looking for he's looking for that guy for that lady whose life is surrendered to him he's looking for that person whose will has been submitted to his will when jesus gets to the garden of Gethsemane and he says i really don't want to go through with this he's there he he's conflicted he is conflicted majorly conflicted the bible says he's distressed He's in agony of spirit. And he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass me by. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. That is what God is looking for. That's worship. That's worship. The moments where you, you, you have a conflict between your will and the will of God, and you let the will, your own will die so that the will of God can take preeminence. That's worship. God is looking for that. That's what he's looking for that's exactly what he's looking for when jesus says the father is seeking such that is a picture of what he's looking for in spirit and in truth you've planned your entire life you know for the past six years you've been planning this is what i'm going to do with my life i'm going to go here i'm going to do this i'm going to work here and god says go left and you say yes sir and go left that is what god is looking for that's worship All right, that's what he's looking for. The expectation of God is nothing short of a life that is surrendered. Any gospel that gives us any other impression is a false gospel. So, worship is a life surrendered to God. You know, Paul, (laughs) Paul would say that I'm crucified with Christ. Okay, nevertheless, I live. He was basically saying, look, I'm dead. All that I have and all that I am is in Jesus. If anything in me does not conform to His will or His agenda, let it leave me in an instant. That is worship. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for a life that is completely surrendered. Surrendered to Him. What is worship? Number two, worship is obedience. The very famous scripture in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22 where Samuel educates Saul and says to him, obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice was a form of worship in the Old Testament, by the way. And, God, and he says, look, do you think that God is interested? Read 1 Samuel chapter 15 from, from verse 15 onwards till about verse 22. This do you think God is interested in your sacrifice? Because Saul had disobeyed God and he tried to sacrifice and all that. And, God, and Samuel said, listen, this was a profound lesson in worship. He says, look, God is more interested in your obedience and in your sacrifice. I love the way the NLT puts it. So I'm just gonna read it from the NLT for a second. He says this, First Samuel 15 and 22, NLT says that, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, listen, okay, friends, listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering of the fat of rams. So I say this to you, what do you think God prefers? Do you think he prefers the song that you come to sing or he prefers that you obey his voice? When God speaks to you, do we delay in obeying or do we respond positively? Obedience is worship. That's what happened in the life of Abraham. You have to understand that Abraham was a guy who had a track record of obeying God. Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, God said to Abraham, Abraham Get thee out of your father's house leave to a land that I would show you. Abraham stands up and he starts to go. He obeyed God. God tells him in Genesis 21, take your son Isaac, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go and sacrifice him on a mountain that I would show you. The Bible says Abraham rose early in the morning to go do that. Some of you are like, I would never do that. Well, guess what? The expectation of God is obedience. That's it. Don't forget that God is a king. I think we forget this a lot of times. God is not a president. He's a king. He's a king. Kings are not Democrats. And I know it's not socially acceptable and politically correct to say God is a ruler. He is a ruler, fam. He's not seeking your views. That's why God doesn't come and say, OK, hey, let's talk. Let me, let's consider what would you like to do next week or next year with your life so I can, you know, let me, let, let's just say, this is what I had in mind, but if that's what you want, go ahead. No, 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 no. He has a will. He has a will, and our blessing is in alignment with his will, all right? That is worship. When Abraham goes on to sacrifice his son, he gets to a point. This is Genesis 22, probably in verse 5, I think. The Bible says, Abraham says to his servants, wait here. I and the boy, Isaac, would go forward and worship. He considered it worship, that he was going to obey God. Worship is obedience. Worship is a life surrendered. Worship Is obedience. That's what God is looking for. What's the third thing? Worship is sacrifice. The cost you incur for the sake of the Lord is worship. It's more valuable to God than the words we utter. Yeah. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. The price you have paid to follow Jesus is worship. The price you pay daily to follow Jesus is worship. worship I know Jesus has paid the price for us he's the ultimate sacrifice and that's why we are acceptable to God and we're able to come before God that's true but just the same way Jesus is our righteousness and we have to walk in righteousness is the same way Jesus is our sacrifice and we have to walk sacrificially because following Jesus would cost you something following the Lord would cost you something so what have you laid down for the sake of the gospel and don't forget Jesus says that look no one takes my life from me I have the power to lay down, I do it or I sacrifice my life of my own accord, of my own accord. What have you laid down for the sake of the gospel? That is what God is looking for. I've had, you know, my privilege as pastor and I've had, you know, the opportunity to sit with people, young people come to me and I'll be a shoulder for their tears, you know, for them when they're, they're, when they're crying. Like, you know, I've had to break up with my boyfriend because I just want to be, you know, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do the right thing that's worship God would honor that person there there, when when you show up before God before you say a word before you start to sing a song before you start doing God already has accepted you because of the sacrifice you've paid understand that it's sacrifice God is looking for that God is looking for that when we when we go before God God looks at us and he sees Jesus definitely the sacrifice of Jesus makes us approach God but God also (laughs) the Bible says God is not God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows he would reap so God also has a way a skill of measuring our faithfulness measuring the cost that we have paid all right like the disciples disciples of Jesus look at them Jesus met a guy who was on his job and he says follow me and he drops everything and follows him that's a sacrifice that is worship God is looking for those kind of people God is looking for those kind of people. What else? The fourth thing, worship is focus and priority. Worship is focus and priority. You you have to, and this is how focus looks like to me. The only thing you see is God. Stay with me. I know you're like, whoa, that's just being a fanatic. No, 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 hold on. The only thing you see is God, and you see everything else through that filter of God. That's the focus you have. He's the lens through which you see everything. He's the one you see first. Then you see everything. He's the one you see first. Then you see your children. He's the one you see first. Then you see your spouse. He's the one you see first. Then you see your career. He's the one you see first. Then you see your hobbies. He's the one you see first. You see everything else that you pursue. He is first. Focus him first. First him. To that person, that's worship. And God is looking for those people. So God is looking for a life surrendered. God is looking for people who will walk in total obedience to him. God is looking for people who would live a sacrificial life for the sake of the kingdom. God is looking for people who would focus solely upon him, their priority. And that's why the hosts of heaven are in constant worship, because all they see is God. If you see God (laughs) in everything, you would always worship. Out of you would flow worship. You know sometimes you go before god and let just keep it real sometimes you go before god and you want to worship and the first 10 minutes you're like one eye open you're trying to figure it out you're thinking about what you ate last night you're thinking about some homework you haven't done you're thinking about something that you left you know you, you're, you're you're struggling you're struggling to, to connect maybe after 10 minutes 15 minutes if you're even able to stay <laughs> that long in god's presence before you walk out then you plug in all right but god is saying that if your life is surrendered. If you can obey, if you can live a life of sacrifice, if your focus is me, worship will pour out of you naturally. Like that tree, remember I said, your natural response will be worship, you'll be going about your business and your heart is connected to God. It doesn't even matter whether you sing or not. Singing is just an icing on the cake. Singing is an aid, by the way. Music is an aid to help you connect in adoration to focus your adoration on God Jesus didn't need need any aid because his heart was so quick to connect the moment he stands before God he's enveloped by the glory of God and that's what we all have to feel like and be like is that the moment I step before God in prayer and appear before God he's so pleased with me with my life my worship which is the essence of my being it's so acceptable to him that he just unleashes his glory. He just pours out his glory on me and able to be there and bask in his glory for days or for hours or whatever amount of time, as opposed to going there, st- struggling, trying to shape the tree, make up some mechanical act of worship. And God is saying, listen, it's not that serious. First deal with the root of the issue. All right, God excavates. He's getting to the source. He sees he's going to the roots of the issue. At the root, if he finds spirit and truth, then it's acceptable to him. So, when the Bible says, because what does this got to do with David? Stay here. In the book of Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. Don't forget, God is looking. God is looking. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. The Bible says that, and when he removed him, he raised up for them, David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, what did God say about David? I have found David. I have found him because God is looking. He's been looking since the beginning of time. I have found. I have found David, the son of Jesse. He's a man after my own heart. He will do all my will. I have found a worshipper. I have found. I have found the Bible says in Psalms 89 verse 20 again, God is speaking and he says, I have found my servant, David. I have found him. So God who is a looking God who is searching, will he find you? Will he say about you? I have found, I have found my son. I have found him. He's different from all the others. He says, I have found David, the son of Jesse. He's a man after my heart. He will do all my will. The, the worship of David primarily was not in his songs. Those songs came from the place of worship, came from his, the essence, the spirit and the truth of it. So he could sing all those songs and pen all those beautiful psalms and all that. But those right there were not the essence. If anybody else had written those psalms and hadn't had the life that David had, they would have meant nothing to God. I have found David. Will God find you? will god find you when david refused to kill saul that was worship that's what god was looking for your will god not my will when david would bring the ark back to jerusalem yeah that's what god was looking for someone who would prioritize god and focus on god that was worship or when he danced before the ark so much that he lost his outer garments and his wife said i now know i've married a foolish man that was worship that was worship a life surrendered when he decided i'm going to build a house for the lord that was worship when god says you would not build me a house and he says never mind god even if i'm not going to build your house i would make all the provisions for your house that was worship when he could write psalms and remember this one when he could write those beautiful psalms of praise when he was in the midst of pain and torture (laughs) that was worship when you're going through and you're able to say, God, you are good, your mercies endure you forever. That's worship. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for that. When Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't even call him king anyway at that point because he he trespassed, he had really crossed the line. Look, we're not mindful to answer you in this matter. The God who we serve. He's able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And even if he does not deliver us, we would not bow down. That was worship. That was worship. That was worship. It's a life laid down. It's a life surrendered. And out of there, if a song happens to come out, that song is acceptable to God. Because the root of it is a life surrendered. But it's not the other way around, because we try to work it backwards and say, let me sing a song and then I'll get my life. Yes, of course, I know your life is not perfect. I know you won't get everything right from day one. But don't forget that the order with God is that when God hears your song, he looks, he sees through, he's not raising voice, he sees through and he's looking for the roots of it. And if at the roots of it, he finds disobedience, he finds a life that is not surrendered, a life that is still clashing with his will and the person who has not laid down what god referred what god calls that is hypocrisy and that's why he had problems with the pharisees is that he said that these people they come they draw near to me with their mouths but their hearts are far away from me so if there is a disconnect with what we say to god oh god lord i give you my heart i give you my soul i live for you alone and god says No, no 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 this does not align with what i see that's called hypocrisy there is a revelation of god that we catch that makes our worship meaningful and it's some of the songs we sing we don't even know what they mean and so we think we're worshiping. but we just like the you know the music so take a song like what a beautiful name it is for example now what what does it mean to have a beautiful name just think about that what does it mean to have a beautiful name is it the sound of the name jesus is that a beautiful name does that sound beautiful what makes a name beautiful So, if the revelation of a beautiful name has not even hit your heart, and we keep singing what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful God is like, you don't even know what you're singing because that cannot be in spirit and in truth. So, even if it's only one song that you sing your whole life, but the revelation behind the words, the spirit, not the letter, the spirit, okay, you've caught that essence. That becomes worship in spirit and in truth. So let's look at jesus because what we are called to be is followers of jesus all right the bible tells us you know go into all the world make disciples of one so we're disciples of jesus that's what we are disciples of jesus so read about jesus number one him and his life if we're called to be followers of him and to grow the bible says into the image of the christ look at his life how did he live his life completely surrendered to the will of god he did nothing except by the leading of God that was worship and oh forget about him what about his disciples think about how Jesus called his disciples and how he what he think about the expectation he had of his disciples because we are disciples of Jesus so put ourselves in the shoes of Peter think about it for example Peter and his homies had just caught fish a ton of fish a breakthrough that's what you call a breakthrough that's what some of us have been praying through you know praying 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 for for years i want a breakthrough he gets the biggest breakthrough of his fishing career and jesus says follow me i will make you fishers of men and he drops that and follows jesus that's the expectation of god god i'm not saying god is going to call you every time you just had a breakthrough and say, leave it alone and come follow me. I'm not saying God is going to, God is not going to make you suffer. And, uh, no, no. But I'm saying if he does call you, <laughs> when it's least convenient, would you follow? That was his expectation. He meets Matthew and says, follow me. He abandons his job. He stands up and he follows Jesus. He meets a particular guy and he says to him, follow me. The guy says, look, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me now. <laughs> Can you imagine that? A life, a life surrendered. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. A life surrendered. A life surrendered. As we grow, let's never forget that God's expectation of us is nothing short of a life laid down. Anything else would be a lie anything else would be untrue and our worship is our life it's it's the laying down of our life and say God this is me you have it all whatever you tell me to do I'll do it wherever you want me to go I'll go whatever you tell me not to do I will not do it and when I find myself in a place of conflict I would always yield to your will above mine that is worship and that is exactly what God is looking for like i said i just want to speak from my heart we need to get this because this is what this is how we grow one of our missions is to help us grow in god grow in god okay let's not be hypocritical worshipers we come before god and we start shaking the tree and we start to work up emotions to feel like oh okay ah, i really i really felt the worship today it was so good but everything we've said in the worship session is completely disconnected from how we live that cannot be right God is looking for those who would worship him in spirit and uh, in truth. Bow your heads with me. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.